0: the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him, and he said to them, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and beside all this, it's now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, While he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the
1: holy name of Jesus, amen. amen. Close your eyes for a moment and imagine that we are all back together again at St. John. After the hugs and the handshakes, after coffee and chatting with our friends, eventually we move to the sanctuary and the wonderful things that happened to us there. As the half-circle at the door pulls us near, count the windows. There are twelve, one for each of the apostles. So what lives on the far side of that glass has their apostolic stamp of approval. The poles on the doors were cast from a mold that was taken from an ancient Byzantine church. So whatever lies beyond those doors must be ancient too. As we enter, we remember that the stone under our feet was dug from a quarry just outside Jerusalem. It isn't hard to imagine that Jesus once walked on these same stones. At the very least, Jesus walks with us on these stones each time we are here. And each time he walks with us, his company is a blessing. Because so often, like Cleopas, our eyes are still closed, and our hearts are still slow, and our ways are still foolish. And there is still so much for us to learn from this holy place. Like this. Why are we always here on the third day? And why do we dress up and have a parade? Why are there so many candles? Why do we tell time with colors? And whose pictures are in the windows? Why is the baptismal font round and the altar square? And why does the same red stone surround them both? Why do we stand and sit and kneel and sing and shout, but then go completely quiet when the bells ring? Why do we splash in the water and play with money and light things on fire and then eat and drink together? And who cut those five crosses into the altar top, and why? Soon we realize that much more got built into this place than we ever could have hoped. And that's because this sanctuary was built as a road map to Emmaus. Each Sunday, Jesus meets us at the door just as he met Cleopas and his companion. But so often, we are the ones who can't seem to make sense of anything. The ones who are having a very hard time recognizing Jesus in this world where we live. In this time of quarantine, our losses are stacking up. We miss family and friends and routines and jobs and the simple freedom to come and go as we please. Sometimes we feel more than lost and lonely. Sometimes, like these disciples on the road to Emmaus, we even feel despair. But when we are on the road with Jesus, there is always hope. Because as we walk with him, Jesus makes his story our story. Like these two disciples, we begin each liturgy by being completely honest with Jesus. Sometimes we even start, as Cleopas did, by asking Jesus if he is completely crazy. Are you the only one in the world who does not understand the things that we are facing. And then as we kneel in confession, Jesus patiently says to us what he once said to them. Tell me, what things? And there in confession, we can say what we feel. Well, you've disappointed us. We thought you were mighty in word and deed, before God and all the people. We thought you would redeem us with power, in just the way we wanted. But to be honest, right now, in this time of isolation, we don't really see it. But then, Jesus gets to be honest too. So, in absolution, he can say to us what he said to them. O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, remember that I came to live and to die for you, and that's my glory, and that's your joy. So, despite our sins and our worries and our doubts and our fears, Jesus does not abandon us. Instead, the very first thing we hear from Jesus each week is Walk with me. I still love you, and I'll stick with you, and I forgive you. Then, as we sit down, Jesus takes his place at the lectern, where he does for us what he did for those first two disciples. Beginning with Moses and the prophets, and continuing with the epistles and the Gospels, Jesus tells us about himself. And soon we begin to catch on, just like Cleopas and his friends. Sometimes we may not like the truth, especially where it shows us how tightly our eyes have been closed. And how often we have failed to recognize Jesus' work in our own lives. Even in these troubled times. But in Jesus there is always mercy. A mercy that is warm and bright and hopeful. And that pulls us along with him to Emmaus. And then prompts us to beg for more. Stay with us. For it is evening. And the day is far spent. And he does. Jesus stays with us in a way that is miraculous, following a course from the lectern to the altar, from explaining his word to bestowing his sacrament. Those crosses cut into our altar top tell us how he does it. Those five crosses marked the wounds that were cut into him on the cross, two in his hands, two in his feet, and one in his side. From his side poured out water and blood, his holy baptism and his holy Eucharist, our round font and our square altar. These are the ways that he maps our way. So in our sanctuary, the same red stone surrounds the altar and the font, because what was first given at the font is forever nourished at the altar. Then for us, just like at He takes and blesses and breaks and gives his true body and blood, opening our eyes to recognize him and his care for us, his protection in Eucharistic joy. To celebrate that, we light incense because the devil hates it and Jesus likes it. The smoke marks this space as his space, and this road as his road. Then we ring bells, because, like a doorbell, they announce that Jesus is here. We surround ourselves with pictures of saints and angels in stained glass, because they are here too, along with all our friends and family who have gone before us in the faith mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and aunts and uncles and grandparents, and more. Think of them now, those who are held dear in our hearts this morning. They are here too, on the map, on the road with us, and with Jesus. That is what the liturgy means by angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. Celebrating all of this on every third day, every Sunday, every little Easter, is the reason that we dress up and we light candles and we tell time with colors. And we have a parade and we splash water and we play with money and we stand and sit and kneel and shout and sing and then go quiet. Because Jesus has joined us and Jesus sticks with us in every experience and emotion, even in this quarantine. That's why, on every third day, we bring our best and do our best, in love for God and service to each other. Because, as we found by being locked away from our sanctuary for these past few weeks, Our Lord and each other are all we've ever really got. Someday we will gather here again on every third day according to the third commandment. On every Sunday, not because we've got to, but because we get to. And maybe after this, we will never miss church again because we will have realized that this place is the road to Emmaus, the place where Jesus makes sense of our chaotic world and calms us and blesses us so that we not only survive but always live in love and in joy. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.